Hi, political loving listeners. This is Juan, just giving you a quick warning about this episode because it contains transphobia, sexism, and other harmful ideas from a trans exclusionary radical feminist, I self identifying as a gender critical feminist. Literally the same thing, just push uh, to cover one way with the other. Um, trans exclusionary radical feminists are also known as TERFs. And these ideas are not acceptable by professionals, are not accepted by doctors, uh, psychologists, mental health professionals, and therapists all have agreed that this um, ideology was created just because of hate and none of the things said by this ideology are proven right. Mistakes were made by featuring um, these ideas and ideologies in our podcast, leading to exposure to harmful ideologies as chair already. And it is important to acknowledge and address the mistakes, uh, these mistakes to prevent harm and potential networking of hate groups in the future. With that said, I also myself said some things that were outdated and, ter- and used terms that were not correct in the English language. So for that, I apologize to all my listeners in advance. English is not my first language, it's a third language, so things sometimes come then in other cultures, including my home culture. Um, these terms are used as a daily term by the community itself. Um, so with that said, we will be doing a revisiting of this episode, which will include um, exposure to why this episode was released, the reasons behind the turf community and more on the anti-fascist ideology against um, terms. I mean, the turfs, sorry. Uh, gender critical feminism and gender critical fascism are pretty much close uh, hand in hand and even the same thing as um, turfs claiming they don't hate trans individuals, but they do hate transgender individuals. They do hate the ideology, and they want to eliminate and eradicate them from society, as that's what their entire ideology is built behind. So with that said, thank you so much for sticking around and listening. This is one of the many warnings that have been added to this problematic episode. Let's begin, and we will see you soon on the follow-up episode, which will recap the entire thing and go more in-depth about this and Will be I will be joined by Captain Leaf Iron Leg on that episode. Thank you so much. Hi everyone, this is Juan, and before we start this episode, I would like to inform you that as a result of online harassment, cyberbullying, and death threats, we have taken the necessary steps to edit this episode, and the identity of the person interview has been removed from the podcast to further protection. However, you can find her social media platforms and personal podcast details on the show notes. We kindly urge and ask everybody to not engage in any form of online harassment, disrespectful behavior towards her due to her different and personal beliefs. Thank you, and let's begin with this episode. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Juan Cagliano Diaz, and this is Politico, a Spotify original from Anchor.fm, where I talk to incredible experts and non-experts about all the amazing stuff that they know they may not know, you know then you may know, I don't know, someone eventually will freaking know. Today, we're going to get our minds blown together as we speak to feminist M and Mackenzie Levy, also known as the Cleveland All Night, about gender-critical feminism. Mackenzie is here as moral support joining us, and also as a stand, um, I don't know, a mediator, I guess, or whatever, uh, just in case things get hidden. It will not get hidden from my side, but maybe between them. We'll see. Um, so with that, let's have a blast. Let's laugh a little. Let's get some seriousness and get political. Let's just begin. Um, Mackenzie and uh, feminist M, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Tell me a little bit about you, what you do, and we'll go from there. 
Um, I'm a yoga instructor in Cleveland, and I am a gender-critical feminist, um, huge advocate for uh, women's wellness and women's issues, um, and I'm excited to talk about some, some issues at hand. Hey, I'm Mackenzie Levy, the alt knight, and uh, I got my own dressing room here in Juan's studio, so I just came on the show today because I'm friends with Megan, and we worked on some music projects together, and I've seen it at some protests, and we thought I could weigh in on this topic, too. Oh, I'm going to start by asking you, do you associate yourself with the uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminists or the TERFs? Um, I do. Like, in the... And I associate with them, but I don't necessarily agree, agree with their ideology fully. Um, I do believe that trans women... Wait a second. You, that sounds like a band. The TERFs. Like, what, what do you mean, the TERFs? So, the ter- so TERF is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And it's a group of people? It's a, it's a group of women who believe that um, trans women should not be involved in feminism and women's issues, which I agree with. Who gives them this name? Um, I, I, you know, I don't you really know where it came from. Radical, femi- so radical feminism is, um, it stems from like the original, you know, 50s, 60s feminist movement. But I think the trans-exclusionary part of it comes as, like when you get called a turf, you know they don't mean it in a good way. They mean... So yeah, when I, when I, I, I had a little hard time Googling it because when I looked the word turf, it was giving me like a bunch of other things. So then I had to like look at the whole term. Like I had to look at the transclusionary, like, you know, um, radical feminist. And it just says regularly is a derogatory term. So I'm guessing that it was, it, um, my guess is that it was created by the left. So there's not like a Facebook yeah. group of like the turfs I can join that's like, hey, you're right. <laughs> you definitely can. Oh, you you, you will see them. You will see them on Twitter. On Twitter, um, as of um, I don't know, since Elon Musk took over, all the trans uh, people are on Twitter now. For some things. reason, you go to Twitter. Like I log it in my feed, and there's for some reason, there's a lot of space for transgender uh, community members and you know activists. So well, you see a lot. Say, yeah, I think what's common, what's a common theme in the turf world or the radical feminism world is that they don't often leave a lot of space for men. There's a lot of them are lesbians and a lot of them, I don't know how to say it nicely, but there's there's just a lot of issues that they have with men. And um, some, some like sects of that group wanna totally like separate from men, like female separatist ideology is part of it. And you know, I mean, I don't, I don't vibe with that at all. So. So, how do you feel about the term, like turf, as I mentioned already, being a derogatory or direct attack on women who wants to just be like, you know, quote unquote, a women's safe places or just uh, lady safe place. I don't know what they call it exactly. Well, uh, yeah, I would say just sex segregated spaces like um, bathrooms, locker rooms, spas, fitting rooms, uh, prisons, rape crisis, shelters. I mean, I believe those are spaces where women should be able to walk in there and know that there's only women here. Um, and in, in my experience, the only time I've been called a turf is when, you know, they, they meant it in a, in a mean way. They meant it in a, you know, you're a turf, you're a bigot, we don't care about your opinion here. They mean it, I believe that they mean it in a way that conveys the message, uh, know your place, woman, and don't, there's no room for your opinion here. Um, so stand down. I think it's a way to say stand down and get the support of, um, you know, some of the other trans community members. 
your n-word? Um, I wouldn't say it's my n-word. It's, uh, it's not as offensive, because some people, like I just went to a conference in um, San Francisco with a group called Women's Declaration International, and they fight for the advancement of the rights for women and girls. I meant the N-A-Z-I word. Not the other one. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Oh, the Nazi word? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is that, your, is that your, what they call you? Well, they call me a Nazi, too. So, there is a conference. Is that, is there like a conference like for, like, I don't, I don't know, is it called like turf conference? I'm actually curious well, about this. Like, what is... Perhaps there... I'm, I haven't seen one, but this one, like, I have their Did sticker on my... Yeah, so this is... It's a, it's an organization called Women's Declaration International, WDI. Um, and they don't advocate... I mean, they don't associate with the word turf. They, they associate with the word woman, women. You know, Women's Declaration International. But a lot of them are you know, self-proclaimed TERFs. A lot of them have, you know, they have shirts that say, you know, I'm a TERF, or we love TERFs, or TERF pins, <laughs> like, stuff like that. A lot of people take pride in it. I don't, I don't know, like... I don't know, I, I just feel that the term to me sounds, I don't know, I don't... To me, the term just sounds weird, like turf. I'm a turf. Like I don't know. I feel like I'm just calling myself like a bad like yeah. thing. I don't know, but I mean. The acronym that stands for the words that the acronym stands for are not that bad. It's no, they're really not. And I agree with that. I agree that trans women shouldn't be included in feminism, but I don't necessarily agree with all tenets of radical feminism. Okay, so. But I do think that they mean it in a derogatory way when when they say it. Which pretty much, yeah, I. I never heard the word turf in a good way i think yeah. personally like i think it's more of an attack than anything but two yes. people yeah, so do you think gender critical feminism is a way to eradicate the trans community members or like a way to attack them directly not at all, at all. Um, i think it's a way to just question um why people feel this way why people men in particular feel that they have the right to, um, you know, force their way into women's spaces, and um, if anything, it's 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 a man encroaching on a on a woman's boundary and saying, "I don't respect your boundary. You don't want me in your in your spaces. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway." Um, yeah, but I don't think it's an attack on trans people in general. Um, because I don't, I don't feel like they should not exist. Um, I believe they should have every right to pursue whatever medical intervention they see fit. Personally, I don't believe it will help you feel better, but I, I wholeheartedly support your right to do it and your right to pursue it. And I, and I know I don't believe that questioning it is saying we hate you and you shouldn't exist because that's not the message at all. Okay, so this one is this question to me when I when I. And I kept asking myself, like, it's a weird question, but I um, also want to make sure that I'm using the, the term transgenderism in a good way. Um, I was, was going to ask you about that because I often see it. It's, like used, like it's used so regularly as a derogatory way to use. Yes. Uh, I'm just using it in a good way. When I ask this question, and I use the term transgenderism, I have used it a lot lately. And it's never in a derogatory way. Um, I'm, as I mentioned, like I'm an LGBT activist, pretty much, and I I'm all for you know. I'm wearing a rainbow tie. Right now. I'm wearing a rainbow tie right now. Yeah, all your freedoms all the time, pretty much. So, do you think transgenderism is killing feminism? Um, I believe that in ways it is trying to mute the message of feminism. But in my personal experience and from what I've seen. If anything, it's it's fueling the feminist movement. I, I think if it wasn't for 
the implementation of trans ideology into things like law and school, I wouldn't have become so passionate about feminism in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. But feminism will never die, as far as I can see, so. Now I'm gonna ask you the same question, Mackenzie. What was it? Uh, do you feel transgenderism is killing feminism? Maybe. I mean, at what point do you, what point would it be okay for someone who's transitioned to go into the female spaces? I mean, it, 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 what if they were super femme? Like, totally Well, and that's up. why I think it's totally situational. And they also got surgery. Yeah, and see, I, I do believe the Which narrative is... See, that's where I'm at. I don't advocate for it, but I, I, I understand that people are there, that people have had the surgery and people have been on these feminizing hormones for so long that they, they are at a greater risk to go into the men's room or be put into a men's prison. And again, I think it's situational. If, if in, the, in the case of being in prison, you know, perhaps uh, being in your own space, I think having gender-neutral bathrooms where it's just one room and the door locks is a good you know way to meet in the middle but but i believe it should we should just get to the root of why people feel that way okay do i think it's killing feminism i think it's making it harder for women to succeed in some of the things they want to because there's someone who is a new addition to that pool of people whether you agree that that person should be in the pool of people or not, the people that are running the pools are saying, yeah, we're okay with that. So it does make things a little bit harder for uh, women. Okay, so I don't think I had this question planned at all or even like, you know, the heater whatsoever, but I wanted to ask, do you think that trans men or trans women should go to, should go to like, if they go to prison, should they go to, if you're a trans woman, should you go to a woman prison or should you go to a man prison? Because I was very curious. What I, I went to county jail here in Cleveland uh, while protesting. I was there and I, I, they asked my gender, but I was actually with a, I was actually with a trans man who very clearly made it clear to me that they have not gone through surgery. So it was, it was weird. You know, because I feel I wasn't like sure. Like, I mean, are you giving like? Because I know jails are. A female that trans into a man that was in a male prison in Cleveland. Yes, in in county. So I I felt. Follow up with this person. I have not actually. I after I got out, I I didn't follow up with any people. It's really dangerous for women. So because I mean, when I when I when I went, I should have just said you know. I'm gonna get canceled after this, but I should just said I was a female, and I will go to the female side. I mean, that would be that's heaven. <laughs> that would kind of be heaven for me. See, that's what, and that's what men are doing now. And and when I say trans women, I want to be clear. I do mean men. So what trans women, men are doing now is is they're they know that it's gonna be a lot more pushy in a female prison, and a lot of the times they will just. Because if we, if we look at self-ID laws where you can just be anyone, you could look like Mackenzie here and say, I'm a woman and be sent to a female prison. I mean, they know that it's going to be easier for them. They know they're going to have the opportunity to be predatory, and they take that opportunity. They take easier advantage of out. it. That's maybe why I would do it. Easier to break out <laughs> easier there. Break out. I don't know. I don't know about that. I've never been 
the prison. I can't tell. I'd be a county jail. I don't know. That's not prison, technically. Yeah. So when it's I like. I mean, we've been separating by sex for for quite some time for reasons of safety for women, and I mean, I think you wouldn't necessarily want a woman in in a space that's designated for men, unless you're perhaps a predatory man and you want to take an opportunity to whatever take advantage of a woman in any way but i mean don't you guys as men want space that's allocated oh, just for men says the feminist have men's spaces yeah i definitely support men's spaces and All men's right. health i will say i have my men's space in my house when my girlfriend and I argue, my office is my off-limits place. That's my men's place. Yeah. My office, like, that door goes off, and she yeah, knows. And see, that's fair. So we did, I, I don't know, like, and she's a feminist. Men See, I totally support that. I think if I want my own spaces as a woman, men should have the same right. And I totally support men. Have it. And, it, and you know what? Because I don't want to go there. What kind of woman is going to want to go there? I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. The Trans issue is one. with... The issue is with trans women or men pushing the boundaries of women. I think men are often more entitled to uh, make women feel uncomfortable and and push their limits because they, they always have been. And not all men. I mean, I should be clear, I love men. I support the wellness of men as well. Um, but in this particular situation, when we talk about the trans debate, I really think it's it's men who are entitled who are disconnected from femininity, who want to feel feminine and think they have to literally become a woman to do it. Um, and they don't care if it makes women feel uncomfortable. I mean, there's women getting raped in prison by men who claim to be women. Um, a lot of the transitioning people are attention seekers too, so. Uh, I believe there's plenty of them who are not and plenty of them who just want to do their thing and be left alone. I'd like to say that the majority of them are not predatory and they want to just be who they are and, and have the right to do that. And to some degree, I do believe they should have the right to pursue something like um, gender reassignment surgery as much as someone has the right to pursue a nose job. Do I think it'll fix your life? No, but but you should have the right to explore that. We just, we need to like have separate spaces. <clears throat> so talking about spaces, women safe places or safe spaces I don't know what they what they call them um what are they or like what's a woman's safe be place any, any sex segregated space that you can think of so uh bathrooms locker rooms fitting rooms um prisons rape crisis shelters and really any space that is allocated for women only like for you know women's circles I've been in different um training programs that are just for women and, you know, we make that clear that this is a woman's only space where we're going to talk about things that are only related to women. Um, so spaces like that, spaces like that. But strip um, clubs too. perhaps like the locker room at a strip club. <laughs> so the consumer of strip clubs or the, it's going to be a man anyway. So that's not really segregated. Yeah. So, um, on those, on those lines, I, you know, again, another question that I'm just like throwing out here. There, when you're gonna have like safe places or you know like a specific place for women, do you think like 
um, good example, in, I believe it was 2016, the Salvation Army refused to allow five trans women, because they identified as transgender, to go into one of their facilities, shelter facilities, mm-hmm. because it supposedly was a family-friendly, so, you know, you shouldn't have really the distinction, the distinction of, like, women and men is a family-friendly place uh, for all families, so, but they let them outside. Um, I'm 100% sure that all five died in the snow because it was like it was snowy and they didn't have elsewhere to go the salvation army used their religious and also you know we want to create a safe place for women to where my, my response to it was like at that time you know then at that point you can restore five beds in the in-between and give them to the trans like trans people in that area you don't have to like exclude them or kick them out because of how they identified right. maybe you don't want to put them with women then you give them their own space but the discrimination on it, like, so how do you feel, like, do you feel that women's safe spaces should be like that, or? Well, it depends on what the, if the shelter was family friendly, and they, like, typically in shelters, they'll have a, a, a space for men only and for women only. Um, I would say that they should put the trans women with the men. They shouldn't leave them, or, or if you have space where they can be alone, the five of them together, um, you know, keep them there, but, but no, they shouldn't be mixed in with the women, I, I think they would be better off with the men. Or with a family, you know, like the family bathrooms that you see, like you just walk in and it's one toilet and the door shuts. Like if they could have a, a space like that. Um, but no, they shouldn't have been left out in the cold. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned the bathrooms. I went to a conference when I was in college, my second year of college, 2020, I think, right, right, a little bit right before COVID, um, so I think 2019, and it's called Mumble Tag. Like they do it around the nation. It's pretty much on LGBT, and they had uh, my first ever gender inclusive bathroom. And I walked in, and then I saw a like a female walked in, and I was like, "Am I in the right place? <laughs> Am I in the right bathroom?" I got very scared for a whole minute. Also, there was no urinals. That's how I got myself, you know, that I'm in the men's room. Um, so, how do you feel about that specific kind of bathroom, like bathrooms that are like, you know, inclusive, like anybody can walk in. You know, I think it's totally situational. I'd like to believe that the majority of men who would use a space like that are not predatory. I'd, I'd like to believe the majority of men I come into contact with are not predatory, are not a threat. I think we're civilized enough in that sense. Um, and ultimately, it's up to the business. If you, like, if there is a business who supported a communal bathroom like that, and I knew the people, like it was a gym or something, and I knew the people who went there, and I knew the people who worked there, I would be comfortable with that. Um, but ultimately, I think I think they should stay separate, but I'm willing to look at other options if, um, you know, that's, that's what people want. But again, I would leave it up to the business owner. And if the business decides to implement that, I can, or you can, or whoever can choose to support or not support the business. But they should have the right to do that if they want to. And it's my right to not support them. I, I agree. Mackenzie, you made a face when I said that. Which part? Uh, the um, bathroom, like the all gender inclusive, oh. like everybody. Yeah, what do you think? There's a lot of problems with that. Like, so many people in there having sex. Like, I, I think people will take advantage of it. I think the ones who are uh, unwell, I'll say. Now, I'm just going to say, if you if you want to have sex with your partner in a public restroom, there's a lot of problems with that. Like, it depends on the space. Like I said, if it was a space. 
I don't feel like I would. I, I mean, I have a lot of. I have a bucket list of places that I would like to, but I would not like to do it in a public bathroom, like <laughs> a park, maybe. Like I don't know. Like there's some people that do, and the fact that they're separated keeps that from happening. But if you're like, oh, just make something. Plus, you know, you're in there, and it's like. I didn't know I was going to be encountering women. <laughs> I don't know. You know how dirty public bathrooms are? Like, I wouldn't like to have sex in a public bathroom. They're so dirty. Like, yeah, that's like, that's where my, like, my thinking goes to. I don't know. Maybe people will do it. I, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't. It's too dirty for me. I'm a germaphobe, so. Um. I think it depends on the business. If it was a business... Like, whatever, I'm thinking, like, a conscious community center or something where you meet, and it's, like, openly LGBT-friendly or whatever, and you want to have a communal bathroom, totally your right to do that. I just, yeah, and then we have the right to not support the business if we want to. Absolutely. So, now we're talking about, you know, locker rooms, washrooms, whatever. How do you feel about trans women using washrooms, locker rooms, any, like, place that you have to, like, maybe get naked with other, like, with biological woman, I think I saw, um, I might have shared a video with you before, mm-hmm. then a girl was um, advocating about this, like, where she was, like, she, she claimed she was forced, like, you know, I don't think anybody is really forced, you can walk out at any time and use the, like, family room, but she claimed in the video she was forced to, like, have to change with this person, and... I think that was Riley Gaines. Yes, I think so. Was? It was the swimmer, yes, it was, yes. And that, where they had Leah Thomas or... Uh, What's his name? William Thomas, I think this is. The swimmer we're talking about. Yes, the swimmer, yes. Yeah. Um, and that, I, I know, I know. Well, that's his name. Um, but I, I think in that case, in that situation, they weren't given uh, any heads up. Hey, 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 just so you know, there's going to be a six-foot-tall man who's fully pre-op changing right next to you. They weren't given a warning. And that, I think, is totally... Absurd and and truthfully, I, I don't think they should have to make the decision. Do I want to change in the women's room or the family bathroom? Because because men shouldn't be in women's sports. That should have never been an issue that was put on the table in the first place. They shouldn't have to make that decision. As for in the general public, and there's nuance to it. If there is a man who has who has gone through the surgeries. He's now very feminized, he's been taking estrogen, he's had the top and bottom surgery. Um, you know, I don't, I'd like to believe that they want to just pass as women and be left alone. I don't think that those type of trans identifying males are the problem, but my... Wait, you, so there is a line that you're like, oh, that, so that's enough, you've done enough, now it's okay? No, in, in my perfect world, we would get to the root of it and people would stop doing it. People would okay. stop feeling so disembodied that they have to remove healthy body parts. But we're in a time where people are doing it and these people exist and we do need to accommodate them. I prefer to not just have to deal with this issue in general. Right, because um, it's snowballing because there is no line. And that's what scares me is it is snowballing and, and it's like you give give someone an inch, they take a mile and I don't want to see more rights being taken away from Perhaps women. We all got Piscolopsy <laughs> bags and then no one uses the restroom. We just walk around. And yeah, well no, because you still have to empty the bag somewhere. We would need a bag dumping room. Oh, true. So, so let me ask you, I'm going to show you a photo of a trans influencer, um, it's um, Andalian uh, Payne, mm-hmm. um, she identifies trans, um, 
she, she, <laughs> she here. That's her. So she, 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 to me, she passes a woman. I see, I see a lady. He's showing, now he's showing a person with long hair, a feminine face, and yeah, they look. Yeah, I'll, I'll link, feminine. I'll link it also to the uh, podcast um, bio, so you can see who I'm talking about. Now, she did the top, but there's still a weenie down there. So she, she's, she's very fem feminine looking. If she walks like into a bathroom, how like you know you, you wouldn't know if she changed the bottom or not because also you know. She's very well, very good at hiding it in most of her photos on the internet and stuff. Um, there's other, there's other things. I'm not gonna really show you the entire profile, but there's other things where you can actually see that there's still something there because she shows it also very publicly on her profile. See, that's where it's like if, if you're showing it and you're, you're, it's it almost seems like a sexual fetish at that point. Um, and in that particular case with. A man who still has his penis, I would say either use the men's room or use a family bathroom. Um, you think they're just like extreme cross-dresser? I think there's a lot there. There's a lot to <laughs> unpack as to why they do what they do. There's, Some there's different sissy schools. Of, That's why they're doing it. The sissy hypnoporn is really something. There's the autogynophiles. Did it to a lot of guys. Older guys I see are like... Old men that <laughs> live life as a man are like all of a sudden like I'm gonna be a crossdresser sissy well, now. Yeah, I my theory is that those are men who like if, let's look at let's take Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner is a great example because he was like a macho man, great at sports, had a lot of accolades for like being masculine, and later on in life he decided oh I'm a woman now. I think he's just so disconnected from. Femininity, and when I say femininity, I don't mean femaleness. I mean like the essence of femininity in Eastern medicine, the yin and the yang. The the feminine is the yin, the masculine is the yang. We all have both of those energies within us. I think it's men who are so disconnected from their femininity that they they take it so literally, and they think, in order to feel better, I need to become a woman. Um, and oftentimes they don't feel better, and oftentimes they do transition. Um, and I believe if we could just get to the root of that, of why we're so disconnected from femininity and from our bodies, that this wouldn't be um, such a popular issue. You know, this wouldn't be such a quick fix. Because it's being sold by doctors and pharmaceutical companies as, you know, do this and all your problems are solved. And there's a lot of affirmation and then you get into gender affirmation therapy and there's just no, it's like they're all on a fast track to just Take the, take the hormones, get the surgeries, and not even for a second look at, why do I feel this? Why do I feel so disconnected from my body that I want to remove my penis? I mean, that's a huge, like, that's a lot. <laughs> Trendiness of it would be a red flag for me too. Yeah. But that's me, but it would be like, hey, I feel like this, but there's a lot of people feeling like this right now. Why am I. 100%. What's going on? Yeah, let's, let's, if you just zoom out even a little bit, you start to see all of these holes and all of these, have all these questions. And then what gets me is when you ask those questions, kindly, respectfully, you're labeled a transphobe, you're labeled a hateful bigot. Just because I'm asking, well, hold on, why do you feel that? Are there any other avenues that we can take first that don't involve damaging your body, which hormone therapy does, and the surgeries damage you and often lead to complications? I mean, it's just it's so much. So talking about surgery. you know talk, talking about hormone therapy again, I'm I'm like now I'm like giving you questions For that sure, yeah. they're coming after other follow up questions that are not um, as 
as I mentioned in the past, also in this podcast, I regularly send uh, outline of the questions to the person before. Um, so it's not scripted, but there's questions there. So children, let's talk about a 12, 16, 17-year-old. If they want to go into hormone therapy, how do you feel about that? How do you feel the parents letting them? It's borderline child abuse, um, and it's going to leave your child ill, and they're going to be dependent on the medical system for the rest of their lives for a decision that they're making when their brain isn't fully formed. Mackenzie. But, but their brain is telling them that if they go through puberty, they're going to be even so far removed from what they want to do and what they want to be. You know, 80% of transgender children desist, meaning they stop feeling those feelings by the time they go through their natural, their natal puberty. Just so, tell them they have no offer. <laughs> well, and I think, yeah, take their phones away. I think, Ooh, I think yeah. look at the root of the issue. Look at the root of why they feel that. And then perhaps if, if you feel you've done your, your best to look at why and you're still not getting better through somatic practices and cognitive behavioral therapy and other or other forms to connect to your physical body because that's what it is it's a it's a form of dis it's a very extreme form of disembodiment um body dysmorphia just like anorexia uh bulimia it's it's you're not in line with reality so let's look at that and and implement some other tactics before we uh, destroy your endocrine system for the rest of your life. I mean, that's for the rest of your life. You will need to be medicated, and you cannot go back. So to, to even think about, I mean, it's just, I think it's really extreme. So I think, um, I'm guessing that by now you both know who Kelly Cadigan is, the yes. TikToker. Mm -hmm. You give me a face. So Kelly Cadigan, um, she does all social media, but Kelly Cadigan is a transgender um, TikToker. Um, she went through her surgery, I want to say early last year. And after that, this past year, she has been the most pick me like person in the rest. She went to the Republicans for a while. She was talking so much. She was saying the most transphobe, racist things that there is. Like, I mean, I literally, an identity like there was a whole identity crisis there. Like, where do I fit? The Democrats don't want me. The Republicans don't want me. And then she came back now to... Bad to like the left side of, of the situation, but she's still making Instagram things. Like um, that was a very stereotypical one uh, a couple days ago. She's on top of the car on her Instagram and it says like, oh. if like, if I'm a man, why did I just hear, hit a deer tonight? And someone- and another one that was, if trans women aren't women, how did I just bake these gingerbread cookies? I so saw like, that one too. Like, so there's, stupid <laughs> there's like stupid there's stupid things I am not a good baker I'm a good cook but not a good baker that's uh, what the girlfriend's here about <laughs> she's a good cook I am the I'm, she's a good baker I'm the cook um, there you go absolutely so with things like that like she posted that I have to explain to a couple people on Instagram what it what it what was the meaning behind it because someone actually like say then what you know what what do you mean and I'm like well she's making a stereotype pretty much of women so there's people like her who transition at an early age, but now are advocating against it. And there's people I want to like, this one I had to pull up. This is um, Corey Mason. She was very, I don't know if you like ever read the National Geographic or like magazines, or I don't know if anybody ever does. Um, look at their channel. I also don't know if anybody ever does, but they did a whole thing on her. Like they, a, a whole article. Yes, like oh, okay. that was like way, way back though. I think I was 
gee, I want to say I was like 16 maybe when that happened. Um, oh, okay, so you're 22. 23 now. <laughs> 23. Okay. So yeah, that, that when that happened, so it was a whole weird situation because a lot of people came against them. That, but that was like also when like, you know, the transgender movement was getting bigger, more attention and attraction. So now she still advocates, you know, if you want to do it at any age, it's up to you and your parents. And that was where like, you know, where that question, when that question came to my head, I was, I use her as an example because she transitioned. Now she still have also her part. She makes it very clear online. She still have the male genitalia, but she transitioned. She looks, she's very female-like, looks very female-like. Completely, like you know, everything about her is feminine. How, like, how stereotypically, stereotypically feminine? That's no. She, she, no. She has a puberty oh. blockers when she was. Well, that's I, what they want. That's what I don't know actually what how. So, like you know, and as of today, I don't, I don't think she, I don't think she has shared any regrets to my knowledge online. So that's where I'm like. Well, let's wait 10, 15 years and see what type of situation her endocrine system is in, her, you know, if they're, they're bone density, osteoporosis issues, brain development. It's, it's all very common. Um, so I, I think if you just give it time, a lot more people are going to be upset. Is it just like more fun or something? Or so, like... I think it's because they're really disconnected from it's femininity. So going to that, going to that, actually, I'm going to jump into There's the women... I'm going to jump into sports. Let's talk about women's sports because this actually connects to where I wanted. So transgender uh, individuals in women's sports. How do you feel about it? Should it happen? Um, and if, if, if there's a no and it shouldn't happen, do you think someone like, for example, Corey Mason, who started doing puberty blockers and stuff and all that, and, you know, I think she started, I want to say she started like seven or eight, maybe a little older, like 10 years old. Do you think then she should be like she will be allowed to go into women's sports which would she be okay specifically because she done it for that long or and uh, there, again there's a lot of nuance here because the the primary reason i think men should be out of women's sports even if they have been on hrt for two years which is what the olympics recommended at one time they still went through a male puberty so their body was still masculinized quite a bit but if we're talking about someone who never went through a male puberty they still technically didn't go through a female puberty. They went through a synthesized female puberty, which is very different than true puberty. Um, I think there should just be a whole separate category for someone who, like, and I, I, I know that this might not sound, uh, I don't know how else to word it. If you, if you look at the Olympics, there was a whole sect for, I don't know what they call it now, but at one point it was called the Special Olympics, and that was for people with disabilities. I think this is what we're talking about as a whole separate group of people who are very different from your standard uh, man or woman, male or female. And they should have the right to participate 100%, but they are not... Uh, a, a man who was born a man went through a synthesized female puberty because he was put on puberty blockers is still not a female. No matter what you do, no matter how you cut it, every cell in his body will be male forever. So they should, they should have every right that I have, but there's going to be, there's going to have to be a different category if, if we want it to be fair. You give some faces throughout this, Mackenzie. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a big mess now um, with uh, sports that are split between the genders. 
So I can weigh in on this because I'm a high-level sword fighter. I forgot about that. And, um, I participate in competitions, and I'm also a judge in some of them. And the HEMA, which is what I'm in historical European martial arts, that's what it's called, that community is really open to the LGBT community because the clubs are run by individuals, and whoever's running the club pretty much decides how things are going to go, and they're the ones that set up the tournaments. And any of these women's only tournaments, they have just opened them up to trans people too. There's been no debate about it, about how anyone should be ranked or if it's fair. And most of the women are like most women out there now, they're pretty liberal, and so they, they are okay with it. And they allow it, even though fighting them, personally, I can tell the difference. I treat women and men differently when I fight them because women don't fight as, as hard as the men and if there's a woman out there that wants to disprove me like fine there's women that beat me all the time because it's more about choices and technique but the women don't usually get as physical and they're not the way that their bodies move it doesn't put the same kind of pressure on me that that it it does when a guy does it so even if a person's transitioned, even if they transition to their the perfect version of what they want to be, just if I look at them, I'll probably know. But if I fight them, I'm definitely going to know. Why don't you jump in for a minute and say yeah. that when you said then the, the same pressure they put on you, that sounded very gay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to edit that part out. I'm just going to leave it there. No filters here. <laughs> I guess when, they, when, when, me and the, when we're sword fighting together, they put a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, as far as the ones I've seen where the women's competitions have allowed the, the biological men who have transitioned into women, uh, the, those people are usually throwing their weight around, even if they don't mean to. It just, it's kind of just the way that their bodies naturally. move. And even if they don't win, because it's not about gender and sword fighting, it's about choices. And a girl can be a guy just as well as a guy can be a girl, and even children maybe sometimes. So, but the the problem is that guys will swing too hard sometimes, and the girls don't want to play that way. I mean, there's open tournaments where everyone's in, and then there's sometimes just women only one. And the one I saw, you know, this this person who had transitioned, he hit a woman really hard in the head, so hard that the next bout she declined to fight anymore, and it was for first place. And, and she said, "No, I'm not, it's, my ego's not that big. I'm concerned about my own safety." And everyone just kind of looked away from the situation, and I'm, I'm, my mentality is kind of alone a lot in, in the HEMA community, so just kind of got to go along with it and just shrug our shoulders and be like, well, you know, she hits a little hard, uh, but it is a concern in other sports, but it's been a concern in the sword fighting community, but it's kind of been overlooked because people don't want to address it because it, it is too messy, because where is the line to be like, well, this person didn't go through puberty, it's like, I'm just a judge trying to see who hit who here, I don't want to know like what this person did at eight years old versus it, did they wait until they first got facial hair? Oh no, do they still have their penis or not? Like I, so. It is invasive. Uh, as far as my sword fighting, when I do tournaments, I just have open, I don't designate it by gender and anybody can compete as long as they're respectful. I don't really, I, there's people in my personal club that are trans people and there's people who are in my club that don't agree with that. As long as they fight respectfully, I don't care. But that's a pretty easy situation. I don't have to deal with bathrooms. I don't have to deal with changing. So, it, like I said, it's it's pretty messy as uh, <laughs> as it pans out. And I'd just like to add that it's fairly um, 
I mean, I know you're very passionate about what you do, but it's it's fairly casual. If we're talking about like the Olympics, you know, these women have trained damn near their whole lives just to be pushed aside. And Dare you call my couch? <laughs> <laughs> no, see, see that's I know you're passionate. You you're really dedicated to it. Yeah, it's life. a it's a hobby. So it's not like a a sport that people are are. I mean, they are really into it, and it is highly competitive. We do get mm-hmm. ranked globally, but but yeah, it isn't. It isn't yet something that people have been training for since childhood. It is kind of casual. It is more of a fun thing. And part of what attracts people who are all alternative lifestyles is that it kind of has its own fantasy element. And it's also very individualistic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you can add stuff to your kit. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, my personality is my sexuality, so I'm going to add that color combo to my... Kit somehow. So. Wait, do you actually do you guys like go with colors and stuff to your like floor sword fighting Most stuff? People fight in black padded clothes, but then they add patches or they'll get like little belt tabards that hang. Okay. Off. So I'm, I'm that's I'm usually the one that's in the historical gear, but yeah, people will do whatever they can to kind of add some embellishments to their their stuff, and if they're of alternative sexualities, that usually is the primary thing they want to add to their. And why do you think that, that that someone, let's say a trans-identifying male, I know of the one that was that you had told me about, why do you think they're drawn to a world of complete fantasy? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's something to it, is all I'm getting at. Oh, really? Oh, you speak to a man sitting here in full armor, dressed like Crusader, who runs around town doing things a knight would do about... <laughs> so I can also understand the mental the mentality of what some of these people are going through and trying to find something that's their own and trying to find something that makes them an individual and gives them some kind of purpose and a lot of people also like the community aspect to it when i picked up my thing that it wasn't like i had this community that was embracing me going come in mr crusader it was like everyone kind of shunned me but for them a lot of them are like oh i've been lonely for a long time and now i have all these so with that that was a great answer because that also comes to my next question um you're a yoga instructor as you mentioned um do you allow like trans women into your classes are your classes open for everybody my my personal classes and, and really um i'm gonna say any yoga studio anywhere is totally inclusive no matter Uh, no matter who you are, you know, anyone from all walks of life. I mean, the word yoga itself means union. So uh, getting to know yourself deeper and getting to know your community deeper is is the takeaway from that. Um, And yeah, absolutely. Anyone is welcome to any of my personal classes. And I encourage anyone to come. You know, we have space for everyone. That is my sword club. And those people that don't like me can sign a waiver and they can fight me. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. I actually, um, funny story, I met two of your fans who definitely, like, are obsessed with you. Like, this is just, like, next level. I'm pretty sure they have a picture of you and an altar for you. Um, they, 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 I talked to, I talked to him and I go like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. And then they go like, and I go like, yeah, I classify him one of my friends. And they were like, oh, my God, like, so you're on my friend list now. <laughs> so... Yeah, you go. Well, we're we're, we're getting close. I think it's such a cute, a cute love story. <laughs> it's a very odd story between us here. That we should make an episode. We should make a whole podcast on that, actually. So, do you think 
women should be nominated for women of the year. They should be, should they be, do you think trans women should be nominated for women of the year? Should they be, should they beat women of the year? Um, should they be, should they be accepted in Miss Universe, um, I don't know what they're called, like contests or whatever? And should they also win if they do get there? So, Miss Universe, this year, I mm -hmm. believe that was a transgender uh, person. I can't remember which country. Do you believe that that person should have been accepted? Like, I know you say no for everything, but do you believe that that person should have made it as far as they did, just to start? No, and I think it's fair to note that there is a lot of favoritism. Like, um, you often see the trans-identifying males winning a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I think it's because people get brownie points for it. I think that's, um, it's fair to mention that, you know, you get, it's like a, a virtue signal. Um, and, and that plays a big role in it for a lot of people. So um, I, I, I think it would be ideal to keep them separate in, in any competition. And again, um, you know, in my perfect world, we would get to the root of why it's happening and it wouldn't be um, an issue, but you know, where society is complex, the human psyche is very complex, and, and there's a lot to it. So let me um, ask with that, um, again, another question that I didn't send you, and you can also answer this one, Kenzie. Trans women are larger advocate than trans men. We have seen that, we have noticed that. It's very rare when you see trans men winning men of the year, but you can see trans women winning women of the year. Do you still think that this, like, does feminism play a role no matter what? Like, you know, that, not, not the, you know, the radical feminism or whatever, the liberal 2023 feminism, do you think that plays a role still? Because when they become men, they like, you know, they transition or they part now of this, like, we hate all men, so we also hate you, and that's why they don't win? Or it's like there's a preference to trans women because all the factors. That because about the, the women that transition into what they consider to be a man. And, and that most of them hate men. So are they trying to become like this man who they think that men should be? This ultimate, like, I will be the man. Or, Wait, what's the claim that trans men often hate men? Well, if a trans man was a woman before, then she probably hates cis men. I think she hates women, and that's why she wants to identify out of being one. Not everyone, but I think that's part of it. Because I think it's I totally I sent you a video earlier, and you know Meg and I have been communicating for this podcast a lot, and it was um I can't remember his name um the curly hair guy. Uh, curly boy Chuck. There you go, and he was sharing, yeah, he was sharing like how the tampons like and the like cushy part like whatever like the they have like designer cushy and all that. So, and he shared like you know there is the like 
trans men don't do this, but trans women are out there doing it. Do you feel like, are they, like, I, I don't know how, like, to word this. Are they trying, are yeah. trans women trying to take over, like, women? Is it, like, is it still, like, you know, men has for so, for so long, men have, like, put women in a, in a spot where, you know, men is the patriarch. We are on top at all times. Do you think that that's what trans women are trying to do, too? Are they, like, trying to stay? I absolutely take over like the gender on top of taking everything well and as you said you know we have we've come from a patriarchal structure and when i say patriarchal i don't necessarily mean run by men i mean um our society favors masculinity so a, a lot of these trans women even though they they look like stereotypical women they're still behaving very much like a man they're aggressive they're trying to force their way into things it's it's what they're doing is yeah it's rooted in action which is a mass you know that's masculinity in and of itself is the energy of action um and and i think it's just misogyny and and hatred of women dressed up as a woman um and i think you don't often see it with trans men is and that's because they've been socialized totally differently women have been socialized to you know speak when spoken to and obviously there's that's there's a lot to unpack there because there's a lot of women who don't behave like that but um, society, I think, just glorifies male dominance in a way that they don't glorify female dominance. And if you look at something like sports, no trans man is going to try to fight her way into male sports because she's going to get beat anyway. If she's not going to try to force her way into a male prison because she's at risk of getting raped. She's not going to force her way into a, a bathroom because she's at risk. She is at risk because she's the woman. The man forcing his way into a woman's safe space, he is not at risk. He is often the predator. I would say don't underestimate the testosterone that people are jacking themselves up with because that can make yeah, your well, girl pretty strong. Yes, and they definitely too. will talk about... There's a detransitioner named um, Chloe Cole, and she often talks about how when she was first put on testosterone, it... it it made her crazy, and she it, it gave her a lot more empathy for men. You know, the increased anger and, and violent tendencies, increased sexual desire. Um, so that that totally does happen when you're put on testosterone, and that and men's testosterone levels when they're on estrogen, you know, they they decrease substantially. But um, at the end of the day, they're they're still biological males. So this one's more specific for you than. Uh... Mackenzie, but I will definitely, the next one will be for both of you, because I think you have gone through this one. So, Joanne Kathleen uh, Rowling, I think that's how you say her name, like J.K. Yeah, Rowling, whatever, Rowling, yeah. the Harry Potter lady. Um, I got forced to watch every Harry Potter movie because my girlfriend's a fan. I mm -hmm. just think it's a knockoff of Star Wars, but whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a lot, I, I, I can make a whole podcast on this oh, too. Harry <laughs> women, so she's, she's saying, women are being told to shut up and sit down or else. Have you personally faced this, this problem with like trans individuals telling you, like pretty much shutting you, Absolutely. pushing you away? Yes. Like how does... When we, so at the conference that I was just at in San Francisco with um, Women's Declaration International is the name of the um, association, we were met with violence and uh, and it was mostly from men and, and it was like antifa types but there were it was trantifa types um, <laughs> and i mean they threatened us but they their signs said rape turfs kill turfs, <laughs> punch a turf and my mean, that's god behavior it would be it oh, would be a man dressed as a stereotypical woman saying 
you better accept me as a woman or I will rape you or I will kill you or I will hurt you. We actually had a trans identifying male. So we're staying at a hotel. Shout out to uh, the Hilton in the financial district, San Francisco. They were great hosts. They had great security. But there was a, a trans identifying male who actually checked into the hotel simply to bother us, simply to stalk us, because it was a woman-only event. It was only women are welcome. You had to sign up, you had to register, blah, blah, blah. So he actually checked into the hotel and would stand outside of our events, would follow us around, would tag, you know, he put up a bunch of stickers in the bathroom and he would ride the elevator with us and just stare at us menacingly. And not to mention there were protesters outside all weekend screaming, kill yourself, all Turks should die, we hate you, you're a Nazi, fascist, scum, calling us the fascists. Meanwhile, they had megaphones, they were drowning us out. There was another one of them, um, she's an activist named Kay Yang, and um, she just, she goes into this mob and she just holds her sign that says, you know, I am not a birthing person, or woman equals adult female, you know, whatever her signs say, and she gets pushed, and she gets kicked, and punched, and spit on, and they take her signs, and they pour stuff on her, so yeah, I witnessed a lot of that, and um, they're very violent, and they really hate us, and they hate you for speaking up, and they hate you for us. So, I'm gonna ask, like, something about that conference, though, because I'm curious, how, how do they figure out if you're a woman or not? Like, how about if you are a very feminine looking transgender individual and you get yourself into the conference uh, it's possible um i think there's some very telltale signs like the brow bone you can easily notice on a man um adam's apple hands shoulder width uh the width of the pelvis i mean it's it's how about if you're one of those like very masculine looking women there were plenty of those to be honest there were okay. a lot of it was because part of the conference it was called the gender abolition tour so it's all about the idea that gender is a social construct and if we do away with gender and and lean into just separating by sex that we wouldn't have a lot of the issues that we have today and there's a lot of lesbians in the group part of the message that because we had a protest planned at city hall the next day part of the message was planned um, that a lesbian is, an, a, is a, an adult human female. So a trans woman, so a man with a penis, claiming to be a lesbian, trying to force a lesbian into a sexual relationship is homophobic. That was part of our message. One, one of the, um, and I, I don't know like if it's still going on, I think there was a whole controversy with the term lesbian actually as of last year. Might, might have been over. Um, people in the LGBT community, I mean, it's been going for years now, don't use the term lesbian anymore. They just use gay at this point, which I don't know. Like someone said, and like See, I haven't heard of that. the person, the person who created the flag and used the term lesbian and created the term lesbian, that person started sharing a lot of transphobic um, content and <laughs> transphobic hate. So now they like the a lot of lesbians canceled. I pretty much. So a lot of people don't use that. It's the same thing with lipstick, lipstick lesbian. I don't know if you know what a lipstick lesbian is. It's like a feminine. Then there's a labrist lesbian. So you have the lipstick. They don't want. They don't want to use the lipstick lesbian anymore, and they don't want to use the labrist lesbian anymore because they are. They're just discriminatory supposedly mm -hmm. to and now they just want to use lesbian period like so it's either gay or lesbian now i still know a lot of people that still use the term lesbian i still think the term lesbian is your own personal it's just another way to erase women is your personal is your personal like use so yeah there you go is that the first is the first letter well and that could be because what we're seeing now is a lot of 
trans women, it's the scenario I just gave. It's a trans woman who's pre-op, and he goes on these dating profiles, and he says, I'm a, I'm a lesbian. And then he meets with the real lesbian in real life, and she says, oh, I, I don't, I can't have, I don't prefer penis. I'm a lesbian. She gets called transphobic. Whereas that's really homophobic. What, you, you... You guys, I can't dangle this. I might, I might get like, you know, I might get called transphobic for it. I just think then if you don't like it inside of you, you don't like the penis, you don't like the feel of it, then... Then you're gay. You, you, just, you just, you know, you're just gay. You're a lesbian. Like, you don't want it inside of you. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe you, you like things inside of you. You just don't like... You just don't like... You don't like it to be me. You don't like yeah. it to be me. You, yeah. you, you, you don't want like it to be a bunch of, like, veins and like that. You just want it to be rubber and... Plastic. I don't know. I know a lot of people. I, the leather crew that gets turned on by leather. Like you know, I don't know. Like. And that's not transphobia. That's simply um, homosexuality. That's a woman saying, "I don't, I don't like penis because I'm a lesbian." And anything uh, trying to force her into that is is homophobia. So that's a that's I think that's um, not. You were. Just when you guys are talking about if they haven't got the surgery, almost kind of putting this up like it's this goal that if they do. If they can get the surgery and they can trick us, then they'll make it. So that gives them this kind of, like, that's their aspiration. And I don't think that, I think that indirectly it's kind of even pushing some of them further when um, the Terps are like, no, you can't come. It's like, okay, what do I got to do to actually be a woman? No, I, I hear that. Surgery, and I want to be clear that I, I don't consider them to be a woman with a surgery, with a surgically created vagina or not whether or not they have the surgery. All that means is in that specific example, if it's a lesbian woman who wants to date another lesbian, if she can make it work with a surgically created vagina, that's her prerogative. But that's very, very different than a man with a penis claiming to be a lesbian. But in my personal opinion, you're not a woman post-surgery, pre-surgery, whatever. Create, you're always going to be a man. So let me um, let me ask you, uh, Mackenzie. Have you ever been harassed by trans activists? Of course. Have I've you been harassed been, by everyone? Have you been assaulted by trans activists? Yeah, one of the first person that assaulted me was a, a, a MTF, and the last one that assaulted me was a FTM. Oh. oh, do you know what these terms mean? Mm -hmm. female, female. Yes. Um, I was punched in the head during a, some kind of march in public square and the person, I didn't even know who it was, I just kind of followed him and then later it was revealed the person was a man that had um, decided that he was a woman. And then, but again, very aggressive, punching, doing things that like, a guy that a man do. would do. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the last one was the person that maced me at the Wadsworth um, directing story hour. Don't share too much. That one is a podcast in itself. Right, right. But but that person was a female to male that no one knew at the time that was female to male because this person was all in black block. And that person was very aggressive and did assault me and other people. So that one, I don't know. I don't know if you could just say that there was a testosterone that was driving that person to do that, but I think that particular person's got some other stuff going on. Yeah, I agree with that. Can I ask? Dykes don't do dicks. That is in your bottle. Yes. So that is in your bottle. I've been looking at it. I'm sorry. I've been holding myself not to laugh. Um, that goes back to what we were just talking about. 
Dyke is a is a. It could be a derogatory. That is a derogatory term for lesbian. I mean, it's not. It's not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say it's no longer used as like saying the word faggot. It's more like you know. And by the way, again, don't cancel me for crying out loud. Don't cancel me. I'm just using it. It's just a word for educational purposes. Um, so, dude, when I look at it. Like, because I have, I have lesbian friends who literally call themselves dykes. They call themselves, like, dykes and stuff, so. But the water bottle, I, like, your water bottle to me, I, I don't know. I, I, at the end, I'll take a photo, I'll put it on my Instagram so people can see the water bottle. It's the a thing. conversation starter. It is a conversation starter. I see, like, stop female erasure, and then there is, uh, what is it? On the other side, is like, women, women and girls are... Um, have a right to female only spaces which we talk about trans women are men you have there's mentioned another there's another one that says it's okay for boys to play with dolls and for girls to play with trucks meaning you don't have to change their sex just because they do something stereotypically associated with the other sex um, she doesn't just bring this today. She has this all the time. She goes to places. I have it everywhere I go. Well, it depends on this. If I'm working one-on-one, I often don't take it to work. Um, it, but it totally, it's totally situational. And, and when I am teaching, I, I like to... I do want to create an open environment. I do want people to feel comfortable, whether I agree with their ideology or not. I think that's what bothers me the most, is that people assume if we don't agree ideologically, it means you hate me and you want me to die. I don't think that at all. I hold space for many different opinions. I'll work with anyone of any walk of life. Um, so, but there are places where I where I might not bring it. If I if I think there's going to be a sensitive group or a person around, and I want them to feel safe so I can do my job, then I'll leave it at home. Um, but this particular, I just want to speak on this sticker. That there was a lesbian movement called Dykes and Bites, one of the first um, pro-lesbian movements. So there was like this idea that we can take the word back, and the message is Dykes don't do dick. Trans women are men, and it, it goes back to what I was saying before that. Um, I don't think I ever asked this question at the beginning of the podcast. Do you identify? Are you a, a LGBT identifying individual? No. Okay. I, I I don't know if I ever asked that question, so I just wanted to ask um, before I finish. Very uh, hetero, but um, I'm I'm close with a lot of people involved in the community. So I think this one is uh, directly for you, and I think. Uh, the dictionaries, most of the dictionary has taken the word out because they don't know how to describe it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is women. Um, women. I I looked online at some dictionaries. I think Oxford's the only one that still has the word. Um, Here's Merriam-Webster. Merriam-Webster has it, okay. An adult human female. Okay, so... And, yeah, Oxford still has it, too. It says uh, female member, adult of the uh, an adult female... Human being. It's also what it says. So, what, so, what was the question? What is a woman? Yes. So, an adult human female is is what we're seeing. Is what I believe it is, and it's what we're seeing as we Google it. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what Google says. You know. I know some dictionaries took it off, um, and even we. I mean, we, we cannot trust Wikipedia, but even Wikipedia says uh, a woman is an adult female human uh, prior to adulthood. One is referred as a girl, uh, portrayed a middle aged woman. As a woman, uh, and that's just describing the photo, I and guess. And if you want to break it down, you could say that, you know, gender and sex are different, and that woman is uh, gender and sex is female, but we have all been socialized in this day and age to associate you're a woman, you're a female. 
and I don't I don't think that's going to change. And when you look up, there's no debate about what a man is. I'm just going to say that there's no debate about what a man is. Everyone knows what a man is. Everyone knows what a woman is. Um, it makes me think of like when you're riding a roller coaster and it's like you have to be this tall to ride this ride. You have to know what a woman is. You have to know what a man is for me to even open up the door to this conversation with you. So how, adding to that, you know, we talk a lot about this. If you don't know this person is trans, like example, like the person that I showed earlier, like if you look at her, she's definitely like very, like she looks very feminine. She looks like biological woman. Do you think, like, how do we figure out, like, for example, like, do we just, for bathrooms, do we have, like, bathroom police? I don't know. Do we just have everybody, like, I need to see what you have down there? I don't know. Like, how do we know who let in and out, like, of a bathroom? Like, I think for the most part, it's not going to be a problem. If, if it's a woman who passes as a man and a man who passes as a woman, I'd like to believe that most of those people want to just get in, get out, do their business. The problem is when you have the self-ID laws where, again, any man can walk into a woman and assault a woman. I think that, you know, there's, there's in a way, there's like a social code. If you're, like, if you're a Mackenzie, you're at a bar, and you see a, a big, burly, like a man's man walking into the woman's room, like, you're, you're alert, you're going to be on high alert, oh, a man went in there, he's probably going to do something predatory. So I believe other people will say, hey, you know, this is the woman's room. Like, I, I think that there is, like, a social conduct where other people will step in. We don't need gender police. Um, if a woman, if it's a man who passes as a woman, he can go in, do his business, it'll be fine. But again, in, in my perfect world, the people who feel that they are born in the wrong body and feel are transgender would get the proper help that they need, and this wouldn't even be an issue. So, with that... I know and that's not a that's call to trans eradicate people trans people, but it is a, it is a it's not a physiological. Mackenzie, you're just you're just an agitator. Period. He just like to go no, against I, anything. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I don't want people to think that this that that it's a call to eradicate anyone because that's not the case. It's a call to get proper help because people should be able to. You shouldn't have to feel like you're born in the wrong body. That has to be an incredibly painful existence. And I'm aware that there are intersex conditions, and that's a whole thing that I don't even know how to unpack. There, there are people who, who struggle with intersex conditions. I don't know what to tell you. Go with, go with whatever you feel is right. Um, but I, 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 it pains me that we live in this world where people are so disconnected from their bodies and from their sense of self that they need to harm their healthy bodies in order to feel good. So in my perfect world, that just wouldn't even be an issue. We would all be happy in the bodies we are born in. I think um, I was watching a video like that actually from a YouTube channel and they bring people together and there was an intersex person and the religious guy was a total dick about it. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, like, so sorry, like your, your creator created this person this way. They... Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Um, society was a dick about it to everybody that was trying to do it that they wouldn't do it anymore. Wait, say that again? If society was a dick about it to everybody that was doing it, then they would be too hard to do it and they wouldn't do it. I mean, but society. Yeah, we're not getting confirmed anywhere. But society was kind of a dick for years about it. I mean, for centuries, and people did it. It, wasn't, it was just not as popular as it is now. That's true. 
It was done. I don't know how you can prove that. People have tried to say that, like, Joan of Arc was transgender. Pope Joan, I heard her. You can't prove that. And that's, That's I think that's another. They got to check the Pope. (laughs) Oh, never heard of that, Pope Joan? Uh uh. But there was a Pope that was secretly a woman, and then after that, they had to make a special chair with a hole in it so they could check him. Make sure that he was oh. Wait, wait, wait. But how about if you're not, if you don't, how about if you don't have them? How about if they're not there? I mean, if, but you're still a man. Oh, oh I don't know. How, well, how, about, how about if they don't go, how about if they don't go low enough? How about if they don't go low enough? That's a question. How about if they don't, if they don't hand, like, now we're getting into all that stuff. Let me, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Make sure we're doing to just ask you if you want to check. Well, if you yes, you for bathroom, so you will need to decide which one you're going to use. So, anything that any of you want to add, like to the conversation, extra to it? Um, I just want to add that I'm very open to discussions with anyone who you know. If you want to get my info from Juan, I'm very open to continue this conversation. I think. I think it's unfortunate that there is such a gap between two, whatever you want to call them, quote, opposing sides, unquote. I think it's, I think it's time that, that we come together and find a resolution and we hold space for differing opinions and we do our best to understand each other kindly um, and without enabling any type of uh, toxic, destructive behaviors. So you'd sit down with a... Uh, I'd sit MGF down with anyone and talk. Definitely, you I would, would sit down chain with anyone. Fence in between. <laughs> I don't get violent. I think. <laughs> the, I think that that's what I'm saying. I think the. I think the men are they more. Might be upset about some of the things that you're saying. I understand, <laughs> and I understand it can come off as, as harsh, and I just want to reiterate that I. I don't mean it unkindly. I just I believe that I'm I'm living a life that's in line with a biological, undeniable reality. And we all live there to some degree. Um, and I'm not willing to pretend we don't. So I am, if you're okay, I, I can share, uh, do you have a specific social media do you like? Like I can yeah. put in the, I can link it to it or do you want to share it now too? People can. Um, either or. I'm on Instagram as female and free 108. Um, and then I also have a, a podcast called Feminine Awakening. If you, um, that's on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, if you want to link those. Yeah, I will link. Um, I'll get your links and I'll just um, link them to the uh, podcast um, description. As always, Mackenzie, all your links will be there too, oh, which are available also on your website. Mackenzie's Christmas song coming out soon. Christmas song coming out soon. Oh, now I have to. I have to add that to my. He doesn't put his songs on Spotify, so I don't know. I'll figure out how it works. Thanks so much for listening. If you are looking for the intro song of this episode and the outro song, it is the No Name Song by Mackenzie Levy, also known as the Alt Night in Cleveland. This episode and all episodes of Politico with Juan Coyote Diaz are Spotify original from Anchor.fm and Chuck Norris approved. Right, Chuck? Chuck Norris approved.